4: Them out, where only the Sasquatch go. The moon was playing hide and seek, made the shadows come and go. Looking for something they thought they'd find on the Bernie Creek Forest Road. The stories that intrigued them, they'd heard around the bar. Indian Chad old black witch And a man that was marked with scars Three of them went looking Things they shouldn't see anymore. more I just don't know Cause they all
3: Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll free 1-800-610-7035. My email address is X-Zone at X-Zone Radio TV.com On all social media sites, Radio TV. And you can listen to the Exxon 724-365 as well as our live show at www.exzoneradiotv.com. We're going to be talking about Bigfoot this hour. My guest is Mitchell Townsend. And Mitchell sent us an email this, uh, this afternoon. And we just had to get Mitchell on to uh, talk to us about this fascinating discovery and the paper that he has. So without further ado, Mitchell, welcome to the Exxon.
5: Thank you very much, Rob. Uh, thank you very much for allowing me to speak to your listeners about this uh, wonderful
3: science. All right, Mitch, so why don't you give us a bit of the history behind the, the paper that you sent me. I, I've had a brief look at it. It looks very amazing, I must say. So tell us about the history, the Bigfoot connection, and the paper.
5: Perfect. Uh, first of all, my research has been related to other types of scientific uh, discovery. But we came across a significant amount of what we call dental, morphological, physiological evidence around the Mount St. Helens region, which is close to where I teach at a couple local colleges. And I was up in in the Mount St. Helens area about the spring of 2013 and came across a bone field. And one of the features of that field was a stack of bones. Uh, Upon examination, they looked like they had what looked to me like giant human incisor marks that had been taken out of those bones, um, which is interesting in the fact that there was no other scavenger activity in the area, and that's always uh, significantly important in uh, this type of ecosystem. Uh, After that, I went ahead and called an investigator from Bigfoot Field Researchers Mm -hmm. Organization, Uh, because we were unable to identify a currently classified carnivore taxa based on the tooth structures, or what we call uh, dental avulsion-attributed injury signatures, and make sense of investigator out and ruled out uh, any type of currently classified carnivore taxa. Uh, Part of my information-gathering strategy to gather additional information was to design and teach uh, two college-level courses, the first in the world's history related to Bigfoot. One was called uh, CSI Bigfoot where legend Meets science. Mm -hmm. uh, That was taught in the spring of 2013, correction, 14. And another class called Bigfoot Solved, proving the legal and scientific case for addition of a grade 8 species in the Pacific Northwest. Two of my students from those courses actually found two other geographically separated sites with the exact same characteristics. So what we had at that point was not an anomaly, but three geographically separated prey bone assemblage sites. And that was really the beginning of this research project.
3: So what you are basically saying, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, Mitchell, that there has been a hominid that has been discovered that has not been... uh, Classified or identified before?
5: That is correct. What we've discovered through scientific analysis mm-hmm. called biotic taphonomy and neoichnology one is the taphonomy is a study of tooth structures or tooth signatures right. on different types of bones with mm-hmm. disarticulation strategies. The neoichnological, uh, correction, yes, the neoichnological are behavioral. Uh, Scientific structures and signatures, and what we were able to determine uh, through scientific analysis on both of those disciplines was that what we had was a giant hominin type unclassified carnivore taxa that was resident in the Mount St. Helens region of Washington State in the United States. Right. We were able to prove that with scientific analysis.
3: Now I know having done this show for 20 some odd years that and have had many people on the show talking about Bigfoot that that is an area where Bigfoot sightings have been uh, you know have occurred so would this lead you to believe or is this still a stretch that what what you have actually done is proven the existence of Bigfoot or a hominid creature
5: we have definitively through scientific analysis Mm-hmm. conclusively proven that we don't call it Bigfoot. Okay. That is a term that others use. We use a scientific term, an anthropological term called hominin, which is a subset of hominid, which is contemporary Homo sapiens which is right. us. We've been able to scientifically prove through dental signature analysis mm-hmm. that indeed we do have a giant unclassified creature living in contemporaneously and has been historically in the Mount St Helens ecosystem literally hundreds of years
3: my goodness how could this uh, first first of all how, how what is the size of the creature based on your findings
5: We were able to also identify footprints and a 96-meter track line. Mm -hmm. We were able to definitively reconstruct those footprints at 16 inches by 7 inches by 4.5 inches at the heel with a step length of 72 inches and a stride length of 144 inches. By comparison, a Homo sapien or a current contemporary human has a foot size of 10.76 inches by 3.6 inches and a step length of 31.10 inches with a stride length of 62.20 inches. So what we have is giant footprints that are at 43% width-to-length ratio as opposed to a human footprint, which has a 36% Mm -hmm. length-to-width ratio, and a double stride and a double step length, which is beyond the capacity of any contemporary human being that we've ever measured and we had NASA do the calculations on that and we were able to definitively prove that that step and stride length was over double the size. But the most important part of the research is the dental structure signatures. Hmm. We were able to identify seven scientifically confirmed dental, we call them avulsion attributed injuries or tooth marks, tooth mark signatures to include bone peeling, double-arched molar structures, triangular impressions, linear scoring, shell-shaped incisors, and mammalons we were actually able to definitively and conclusively identify two different creatures. One was a juvenile, and the other one was an adult.
3: How tall would you say the adult was?
5: The adult, according to the calculations, came in at over 8 feet 8 inches tall.
3: My lord. So how is it possible then, uh, Mitchell, that this creature could still be existing, avoiding human detection? You know, with with the size of over eight foot tall, and it's 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 like wow. You know, you've you've you have the smoking gun of Bigfoot.
5: We truly believe we have solved this uh, phenomenon once and for all, and. There is actually a very large amount of historical and contemporaneous evidence mm-hmm. uh, that is occurring and illuminating itself regularly. There are hundreds of sightings, pictures taken yeah. and other types of DNA evidence that illuminate that's illuminated and collected every year so it 's not eluding scientific discovery or human um,
3: Sightings. Well, we haven't seen we haven't seen any definitive photos of Bigfoot. We haven't found a Bigfoot. You know, a dead exactly, Bigfoot. Exactly
5: a body. Exactly. That's the question I always yeah. Hear. Where's the bones and where's the body? Exactly. And uh, I would like to give your listeners an analogy. Okay. Um, I've been in the forest myself. Uh, in the military, as well as a hiker and a tracker for over 35 years. And I say this to those people, Uh, first of all, the expanse of the forest is vast. Mm -hmm. You can step off the road 10 or 15 feet and turn around and you've lost the road. Secondly, there is currently classified carnivore bears, grizzly bears, uh, brown bears, and black bears, as well as mountain lions, Mm -hmm. cougars. You very rarely ever see... A especially a cat skeleton in the forest. And so we have a very classified creature uh, as a cougar, mm-hmm. and yet the uh, existence of uh, definitive cat skeletons is extremely rare. So that's an excellent parallel for right. your listeners to understand.
3: Have you looked at the Roger Patterson film of Bigfoot
5: Yes, I have. I have studied every piece of Bigfoot evidence in existence to this day, including the Native American legends that have stretched back over twelve thousand years.
3: <laughs> okay, let's go back to the Roger Patterson film for a second. Does, Absolutely. Does the does the the size, the gait, and all the information that
0: could fit. Say-
2: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2.00. Price of participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer, a combo meal, single item at regular price.
3: That you have matched that of the Bigfoot that is seen in the Roger Patterson film?
5: Interesting question, and I would say it does not match exactly. Mm -hmm. The footprints are very clear and do. Uh, come down into a uh, pattern or a definitive structure.
6: Right. The
5: stride length that they measured is also um, matches exactly. But what we're dealing with here mm-hmm. is a natural occurring creature that has interspecies variability in size, in hair color, in body type, facial structure, and dentition physiomorphology, just like you would see in the human population right. with different sized people, different colored eyes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
3: There is is
5: a base profile.
3: Okay. I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, That's fine. How will your discovery change the status of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, or Hominid?
5: We hope, finally, that we're able to definitively put these questions to rest Mm -hmm. through scientific dental physiomorphology signature that we have situated in current contemporary scientific literature by using world-renowned scientists in our essay. We feel and we, we challenge the world's leading anthropologists head-to-head mm-hmm. to examine these bones. We have the bones. The bones don't lie. Right. They have the tooth marks and they haven't been damaged, fire damage, uh, firearms damage. Mm-hmm. They have not been touched generally by scavengers right. except for a small amount on one of the sites. We stand ready and willing and able to meet any scientists anywhere, anytime and bring the evidence to them so we can publicly they can publicly examine our findings side by side with their own independent analysis. We are confident, one hundred percent confident that our research will stand. We've sent it over to over thirty two existing anthropology professors that are currently teaching in the field, and not one of them has come back with even questioning our conclusions. Currently, Dr. Jeff Meldrum from Idaho State University in the United States, the world's foremost authority
6: yes, on
3: is.
5: research, is yep. helping us rewrite this.
3: We've had the pleasure of having Jeff on the show a number of times.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. He's helping us and taking the lead role in helping us prepare our manuscripts mm-hmm. for publication to... Uh, peer-reviewed anthropology journal.
3: What have the skeptics said?
5: We've had a range of skeptics. Mm -hmm. Most of them want to question my academic background. Uh, A lot of them are very skeptical of the types of footprints that we are able to collect and cross-correlating them with the dental signature analysis. Mm -hmm. Most of the skeptics don't have the scientific education or have not taken the time to clearly examine our conclusions, and thus they are very premature in their protestations. However, like I said, we stand ready to meet the world's best scientists head to head for an independent public examination of all of the material, including pictures and the bone evidence.
3: How old is the bone that you found?
5: We found several bones. Mm-hmm. Remember, you're looking at three geographically separated prey bone assemblages. We were able to collect multiple samples from each geographical site. Mm-hmm. The first site that I found was fresh, and we were able to definitively prove that through a classification analysis of the degeneration of the bones. They had fresh meat still attached. Wow. The second and third prey bone assemblage sites also had fresh meat attached. And this is the interesting part. The deer in site number one had its skull, we feel, uh, had been crushed. Uh, the site number two had the same similar uh, uh, site. Uh, its head had been crushed by it looked like a bat or some kind, kind of, of concave type of weapon. The third animal was a bull elk that it had catastrophic spinal separation, which is inexplicable because there was no log or boulder uh, in the area that would account for that. There's other significant pieces of scientific evidence as well to include disarticulation strategies that are attributed to no known currently classified carnivore taxa. So what you have is a series of interlocking, mutually supporting scientific pieces of evidence that are conclusive, and as I said, we stand ready to present this evidence to the
3: world. And what you have by the hominid using a tool is you have an undeniably intelligent creature?
5: I would say this, and we want to be very careful, mm-hmm. is it would take additional research to say that there's tool use. The most important part of our paper is the dental structure mm-hmm. signatures. As I said, there are seven scientifically confirmed dental signatures, not chimpanzee, not great, uh-huh. and giant, double the size of any possibility of any contemporary human. So what we're looking at is not an ape, it's a hybrid. And that would account for its intelligence, that would account for its ability to elude us, that would also account for its tooth structures.
3: Do you think that there is a possibility that because you're going to be releasing this paper that you are saying that the scientific evidence has been established, that there is a hominid that is coexisting with humans, that this may increase the amount of interest into finding Bigfoot and we could actually be putting the the Bigfoot in more danger than it already is?
5: I've been asked that question many times, mm-hmm. and I say definitively no. This creature, as defined, is mm-hmm. extremely elusive. Mm-hmm. There is a huge amount of interest and in historically has been, and yet no one has been able to shoot one that I know of or we would have heard about it in the news. I don't feel that this creature is going to be any more vulnerable based on the publication of our research. Mm -hmm. We do have, through extended research, communication strategies. I literally take groups of college students up to study areas and give them a guaranteed Bigfoot experience because we've been able to establish these protocols. And consequently, I feel that the danger is minimal based on this creature's intelligence, it's a master hunter. Really? There is no possible way that, that a contemporary human being could even get close without its okay.
3: What do we know about Bigfoot?
5: In my opinion, mm-hmm. we have a creature that potentially came down over the last few ice ages across the Beringia land bridge. The contemporary theory, is, origination theory, would be that it would be gigantic because black eye, We follow along that same theory, yet we also feel that this creature has been interacting with human beings, Native Americans specifically, Mm -hmm. over the last several thousand years, and thus we have an intermingling of these types of Homo sapiens and this other creature, and that is what we're seeing now, basically science, based upon the evidence of its intelligence, and more importantly, and definitively and conclusively, its dental structures. These are hominin dental structures, yet two and a half times the size of anything that's possible. And so you have a hybrid creature that is living, existing in all areas of the world, quite frankly, and we were able to definitively prove this through scientific analysis Situated in current contemporary citations. Whoa. We stand ready, as I said, and one hundred percent certain we have solved this once and for all.
3: Based on based on your research and I'm asking you for your personal opinion here, by 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 farming forestry like we're doing in the Pacific West, are we endangering the habitat of Bigfoot?
5: That's a very excellent question, and I feel that at some point, indeed, we are, that we have to identify Mm -hmm. and publicly affirm this creature's existence, and that's what we're trying to do without harvesting species. Once we have the scientific community, the mainstream scientific community, on board, Mm -hmm. then we can talk about habitat preservation, conservation, and studying this creature in such a way as to give it a protected status, and that is our concern, that we provide this scientific research in a manner that allows mainstream science to walk through the door without be- the stigma being attached to these scientists. And that's why we did not use the term Bigfoot or Sasquatch right. within the research paper itself.
3: Could you share with us some of the the um the legends that the native people talk about Bigfoot.
5: Absolutely. I did a study of sixteen different languages, over seven hundred different tribes from the tip of Alaska to the tip of South America. And one of the things that special is is data visualization analysis to examine all of these different ideas and legends and determine if there's commonalities that have emerged. And there are. The top four words that were used in this Examination were cannibal, killer, red eye, and rapists, and the last one is unfortunate, but it would it it would uh, support the hybridization theory. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at red eyes, you're looking at sagittal crests, you're looking at massive musculature, you're also looking at the ability to enunciate speech, which translates into culture, which translates into communication strategies. You're also looking at physical descriptions to include red eyes, yellow eyes, white eyes, black hair, red hair, blonde hair, white hair. So once again, you're looking at interspecies variability, a naturally occurring creature. These Native American legends, or ethnographies as we call them, are cross-paralleled with Western Caucasian ethnographies. There's a large amount of those in the Bfro website, Bigfoot Field Research Organization. And I cross reference both of those types of information, and they are almost in lockstep parallel with each other. So what you have is mutually supporting data across 12,000 years of Native American oral traditions, petroglyphs, carvings, and legends, with current contemporary research science, sightings, and DNA evidence. Very simply, they're coordinated the same types of language, the same types of descriptions. This is not a creature that is an anomaly. This is a naturally occurring creature that's been here for thousands, if not tens of thousands of years.
3: Where, where have you had reports in North America and other places around the world? We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's
2: breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them, and if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for two fifty. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just two dollars. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price.
3: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti abominable snowman, or hominid have been reported seen?
5: There is a huge amount of historical evidence uh, dating back to the ancient Greeks and moving forward. You have sightings in Australia. They Mm -hmm. call it a different creature. They call it yaoi, which is within the aboriginal cultures. We have sightings in eastern and western Europe. We also have sightings from the tip of North America to the tip of South America. And I want to give an analogy to your listeners. There's only one creature in the history of the planet that has populated all of the continents, and that is Homo sapiens or Homo erectus. Mm-hmm. And we always ask ourselves, how did they get there? Well, they walked. Yeah. So that would explain how this creature has been able to populate all of these different continents.
3: Simplicity is the basic answer.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. And there's natural kingdom parallels with its behaviors, with its physical morphology, which is dental tooth structure, and with the ability to migrate across multiple continents throughout geological history.
3: Mitchell, you and I have to take a brief commercial break. Would you be able to stand by?
5: Absolutely. Thank I mean, you for the opportunity.
3: No, it's us who thank you for sending the email, allowing us to read your as much as of, your, of your paper that I could, and for coming on tonight, because I believe that this is very important information. And I thank you very much for coming forward and sharing this with the Exxon Nation. Thank you. Exxon Nation, Mitchell Townsend is our special guest for this hour. Bigfoot, scientific proof of existence. You heard it here in the Exxon. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide, toll-free. My email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, Radio TV. And you can listen to the Exxon 724-365, as well as our live broadcast on the Exxon website at com, And of course, Monday through Friday, from 8 p.m. until midnight, right here on the Starcom Radio Network. My name is Rob McConnell. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. a drug dealer made a serious mistake when he dared peddle his poisons on the schoolyard of Robert W. Morgan's preteen daughter. Morgan, a budding film director, tracked him to his hidden Everglades lair where his meth lab mysteriously blew sky high. When Morgan's demands to police to make grammar school playgrounds safer from drugs were ignored, he sought the counsel of CIA operative Frank Sturgis. Again, he was warned to give up what was becoming an obsession. Instead, Robert used his reputation as a filmmaker to infiltrate the mafia by stroking their egos and offering to make films for them offshore so they could import them as foreign product without paying taxes. When they agreed to build them a studio in Panama, Robert called the DEA and FBI and offered to work undercover. In time, their combined efforts revealed how the mob was secretly laundering billions of dollars through the Vatican Bank in Rome before returning to the States as foreign investments. Now read Morgan's story, Citizens Spy, Vatican Cover-Up, The Mob, Money Laundering and Murder, available at Amazon.com. BN.com, and Borders.com. What if someone told you you could live to be 120? Would you believe him? What if he told you the Bible guaranteed it? All you needed to do was follow his rules and buy his products. Would you do it? What if you invested 20 years of your life in him? What if he tested his substances on your child? What if your child became brain damaged as a result? Meet Dr. Tyler Belknap, a fast-talking Texas admin turned health guru. At the helm of a vast health food and supplement empire, he has established himself as the authority on nutrition and longevity. But what his followers don't know is that his products are laced with bizarre psychoactive substances from genetically modified plants developed in his very own secret lab. No wonder his customers can't stop using them. Tyler Belknap will stop at nothing to keep his edge in the market, even if it means experimenting on children. Chasing 120, a story of food, faith, fraud, and the pursuit of longevity, a novel from the pen of political cartoonist Monty Wolverton, is an easy and entertaining read full of rich characters and intrigue. It hits home in a world filled with all kind of hucksterism and offers a glimpse of what can happen when GMO technology falls into the wrong hands. Chasing 120 by Monty Wolverton. Get your copy today at www.ptm.org forward 120 or on amazon.com. Ever wondered if your advertising dollar is really working for you? If your ad would have been here, you and more than 4 million people would be listening to it right now. Contact ads at exxoneradiotv.com
4: And this one, what you think I've seen Something strange you know Sasquatch sitting on the side of his knee, and he was talking to Moccasin Joe. a the party, they're going to hell out in the St. John's Walls. Sasquatch doing a brand new dance, and he called it the Bigfoot Stall.
3: Welcome back, everyone. Mitchell Townsend is my special guest uh, this hour. We're talking about. Can I call it a scientific discovery, Mitchell?
5: I believe you can at this point. we've, Like I said previously in the last segment, we feel mm-hmm. that we've conclusively, scientifically proven the existence of this hominin creature.
3: There you go. You heard it right from Mitchell himself. And Mitchell, thanks very much for joining us tonight. Great pleasure talking to you. Uh, what was it like when you, when you realized what you had found, what you, what you had discovered?
5: We were taken back. I was a little bit uh, apprehensive about putting my professional reputation on the line Mm -hmm. related to this subject matter because of the stigma attached to this. But I also decided with my research partners that we had an obligation to do our very best in order to bracket this evidence scientifically to once and for all bring some scientific discourse and uh, real science to this process so we could allow the world and mainstream contemporary scientists the opportunity to walk through this door and help us solve this phenomenon once and for all. We thought we had an obligation to do this regardless of what the, the consequences were and we stand to this day presenting the evidence and letting the chips fall where they may. It's taken a toll on my reputation as well as my co-researchers, but we have an obligation, a scientific obligation, to put forth this data so the world can understand exactly what we found, how we've analyzed it, and then offer it as a handoff to mainstream scientists so they can take this and definitively and conclusively, once and for all, examine this in a public forum. So we can set this phenomenon to rest.
3: Tell me, other members of the media, how are they treating your story? I think it is a very significant, very, very, very important story that deserves immediate airtime.
5: This has been one of the problems with the subject matter field, is that been so many hoaxers Mm -hmm. and there's been so many people that have provided evidence that turned out to be inconclusive or outright hoaxes. And that has unfortunately created a situation where people are shying away from possible scientific evidence processes in order to solve this. We feel that our evidence is conclusive, Mm -hmm. not fake what we've done. And because of that, we wanted to put this evidence forward for the world to examine and show that it's impossible to hoax these, hoax these tooth marks. Period.
3: So how is mainstream media treating you? Are, are they the radio, just... radio,
5: mainstream radio has been very receptive. We've mm-hmm. done several national interviews. Right. We have contacted several television stations, including the Discovery Channel, the Animal Planet. Right. At this point, they've ignored us completely.
6: That is Unfortunately,
5: so wrong. It's, it's just an amazing situation, and we're hoping that by giving these interviews yeah. and by not charging any money whatsoever and offering this material for free, that we can build a wave of, of credibility that forces mainstream scientists and the media, print media, radio media, and television media mm-hmm. to just have to and be forced to confront this
3: know what I You know what I don't understand. I've been in the media for a great number of years, and it seems that stupidity reigns at times. For example, mainstream media will cover will cover a story about a bigfoot found in a block of ice in a freezer and and I could give you example after example, after example, after example after example. After example. And we're talking about stories with people who have no credibility or who have never been heard about before. Here you have a story where the members of the scientific community have come together, yourself and uh, Jeff Meldrum. I don't know who your other associates are. Right. You're saying, listen, we've got nothing to hide. Here is our story. Here is our proof. Here are our findings. And nobody's jumping. Yes. It's you know, it's it boggles my mind. It boggles my mind.
5: It does, and it's quite distressing to uh, agree with you. Uh, we see uh, a shallow uh, intellectual capacity, it seems, uh, and it's increasing mm-hmm. related to the media, related to sensationalization of. Uh, Different types of stories that are have no relevance in human history or human development, and it it is distressing. Uh, But what we feel is that this time, through these types of interviews, we will build a momentum that will force the media, will force mainstream science to try to disprove our findings, and that's what we want. We challenge every scientist everywhere on this planet to go head-to-head with this evidence for free. We're not making any money. We spent four years putting this together, wow. countless thousands of hours, and a lot of money to put this research together and present this in a forum, and a format that can't be discredited. And that's where we stand at this point in time. We want to build the momentum that forces mainstream science and the media to stand up and say, wait a second, this is not going away. This is not, we are not able to prove this is a hoax or a manufacturer or construction. The bottom line is the bones don't lie and we provide them free of charge to any scientist who wants to make an examination.
3: I don't know what more, what, uh, what else more you could do to to make your case so compelling. You're saying, here's the proof. Check it out yourself. We're challenging you, the other members of the scientific community, to prove us wrong.
5: You're absolutely correct. And I can't explain uh, the disconnect uh, between what we have and what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. There has to be... The stigma attached to the research is part of the problem. We've known that historically. That's part of the reason we wrote a very high-level scientific paper uh, that didn't mention Bigfoot or Sasquatch in order to open the door for mainstream science to be able to walk through without risking their reputation and their credibility. And Dr. Meldrum has stepped forward. The other 32 PhDs that we sent it to don't want to be publicly identified without written permission. And I understand why, Sure, because they don't want to be associated with the stigma attached to this, even though we have nailed it, we have proven it, and we stand ready to prove it in a public forum, anywhere, anytime, any place on this planet.
3: You know, just yesterday or the day before in the news, Professor Stephen Hawking has joined up with Yuri Miller, and Yuri Miller, the Russian billionaire is putting $100 million into the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. You know, I, I think money would be more well spent if we discovered and investigated this planet first. And here, once again, I'm going to say it, that you and your colleagues spent your own time, your own money, four years of research on your own. And... Discovery Channel and other channels and other members of the media who, in my opinion, should be carrying this story. Even if they're out there to prove you wrong, they should be carrying this story because of its great significance. You know, you're worried about extraterrestrials that may be out there. And here we have a group of scientists who have a discovery that proves a legend and a myth to be real, and nobody's paying attention. Boggles my imagination, my friend. It truly does.
5: It is quite distressing, uh, not only for myself and our research team, but for humanity in yeah. general. I completely understand your disconfirmation related to a huge amount of money that's being spent in other projects. And yet we've done the work, we've done the research, and we are prepared at any time to present all of the evidence in any forum. Mm -hmm. We prefer a public forum. That way there can't be any cover-ups. And once again, we challenge the top scientists in the world to prove us wrong because that's what it's going to take. And I guarantee to your listeners around the world, but that that's
3: not going to happen because it's inclusive it's clear it's it's whoops I'm sorry we're starting to lose you here uh, Mitchell are you still there Mitchell we're starting to lose your feed are you still there I'm still here can oh, you hear me Yeah still? now I can thanks Mitchell you know the the newspapers the TV the radio has been filled with the spacecraft that went to Pluto. Big deal. Doesn't affect me. And yet. Well, what, is, what was it, Craig? Minimum $700 million on this project? Has to be a minimum. And, you know, we spend millions and millions and millions of dollars in going to Mars, millions and millions of dollars is to go to, to Pluto Take years of paying scientists, years of paying physicists, years of paying the people who sit in the control rooms, software engineers, hardware engineers, flight engineers, technical technicians, and the list goes on. Why?
5: That's a very interesting question. And if one examined it dispassionately, one could come to the conclusion that it's just about money. It's about Funding and reducing the amount of money that's available for other types of activities and creating a situation where it's an unlimited, great sucking sound of capital that's, in my opinion, not being wasted, but not being efficiently and effectively employed. And one wonders why we're not looking within first, in addition to looking outside.
3: I agree with you 100%. Solve the problems here before you go looking for problems elsewhere. You know, uh, all the money that they've spent on the Pluto project, going to Mars, I'm sure could have been better spent on the homeless, the hungry, education, uh, finding alternative fossil to fossil fuel, and everything else. See, uh, I, I would rather see the money spent. I would rather take care of the people on this planet first before we spend millions and millions and millions and millions in exploring the stars. Like, you know, I, I can understand man's thirst for space travel. I I really can. You know, all right, we went to the moon. We landed a number of Americans on the moon. Hooray, we did it. But now what? Well, let's see. Uh, 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 oh, Mars. Mars isn't that far. Let's concentrate on Mars. Yeah, but come on, Mars. Everybody's expecting us to go there. Let's try something else. Let's go to Pluto. Go to Disneyland if you want to go to see Pluto, for God's sake. Take care of the people on this planet. I agree point. with you, Sure. Yeah. It just upsets me to no extent when you go to, and I've been... I've had the pleasure of visiting many places in your great United States. I'm proud to be your northern neighbors. Whether it's in Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Seattle, Washington, D.C., New York City, you find homeless, hungry people. Let's spend the money on them. Let's, let's, Let's take care of our own. And here we have you, your research team scientists, dedicated years of research, years of time, years of resources from your own pockets to come up with this scientific paper. You've done the research to the point where you can actually say that, hey, listen, here's our proof. Hominid, what do you mean you're not interested? (laughs) You know, like, it just boils my piss. It really does. I I feel the
5: same way as well, and I visited Canada and actually attended doctoral studies at the University of Calgary, and so I've had the opportunity to visit yeah. your great nation as well. I was actually the, also the higher education editor for a national Canadian magazine, education and technology magazine as wow. well. And So I understand your concernation. I think we can do both uh, with a a uh, more targeted and efficient use of resources.
3: Exactly.
5: Uh, but I tend to agree with taking care of our own people right. and disease eradication and education and medical care uh, as a priority as opposed to wasting trillions yeah. and trillions of dollars on extended space exploration at this point.
3: So what is your next step, my friend? What are you and your fellow colleagues going to do next?
5: That's a great question. And at this point in time, we've stalled. Uh, We're doing as many interviews Mm -hmm. as we can. We're trying to get the word out around this wonderful planet that we have indeed a revolutionary and amazing scientific discovery Mm -hmm. that begs and cries out for attention. And uh, there's nothing more we can do except talk about it and get the word out and tell people that this is here, and it's available, and we're not making a dime off of it. We just want to hand this off to humanity Mm -hmm. and allow the world to look inside itself. And the bottom line is, Mr. McConnell, is how how we treat this creature how we treat this phenomenon is going to say a great deal about us as a species yes. and who we are and where we're going mm-hmm. and what we think is important as opposed to the superficial and, and surface-level entertainment that you see nowadays. It, 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 just, it is distressing. But once again, we're going to continue to do interviews. We're going to shout from the rooftops, and we're going to do it for free. In the interest of humanity.
3: Well, if there's any way we can help you here, just let me know. You have my email address. In fact, I've sent you a couple of emails uh, since you and I uh, during our commercial breaks. I want wonderful
5: y- and absolutely, sir. And all we request is is that everybody that we do interviews with just contact all of your networks and mm-hmm. get the word out. We're trying to create uh, a momentum. That forces the world and forces mainstream science and forces religious leaders to accept this and to look at it. And if they want to come and try to prove us wrong, Mm. and if that's their orientation, that's just fine. We welcome the challenge from anyone in the world at any time because we know what the science is and we know it's accurate.
3: You know, our time is nearly up uh, for tonight. Uh, first of all, thanks, thanks again for coming on the show. I love your enthusiasm. Please give Jeff uh, Meldrum my very best the next time you're talking to him.
5: I will do that, sir. And thank you very much for the opportunity to speak to your listeners around the world. And once again, I want to leave them with one very simple statement. Please do. This is about you folks. This is about everybody on this planet. This is about looking inside ourselves, to determine who we are as a species, where are we going in our development, and what we think is important. That is the bottom line.
3: You know, you know. I just thought of something as as you were as you were saying that to the XO Nation. This discovery that you have opens up an unlimited doorway to other discoveries that that live right beside us. What you've done is you've opened up the Pandora box and said, we have found this. Just imagine what else can be found if we all start looking right here in front of us instead of up to the sky.
5: It's about cooperation. Yeah. And it's about sharing the knowledge with humanity. It's not about individual personalities mm-hmm. or isms, religions, or political yeah. orientations. It's about us, humanity, together, cooperating to make this planet a better place.
3: Let me just ask you this, uh, this other question. You mentioned religion. How is the discovery of your hominid going to be seen in religious circles?
5: There's two theories of thought related to that. One is that it can easily be uh, inculcated or put in religious context. Mm -hmm. I'm not a religious scholar. I'll have to let religious scholars discuss that. Uh, But also, as a people, I believe, at times, religion stands in the way. If, indeed, we are finally able to get the world's attention— It's going to turn the notion of man and its relationship to God and the universe on its head. I think that's part of the problem, is that people can't handle the truth, and this is the truth. Instead of putting your head in the sand, Mm -hmm. we need to open our eyes and accept what and where the evidence leads us in a way, and that's the definition of scientific inquiry. And which distresses me even more why scientists who propose to be in the religion of scientific inquiry are silent. It's a threat to the power structure, religious and currently contemporary scientists. It's a a threat to their hold on power. It's that simple in my opinion.
3: Again, Mitchell, thank you so much for coming on. You have my contact information. Please keep in touch. And if there's anything we can do to help you or your, your associates, let me know. We'll help you any and every way we can.
5: Thank you very much for your time, sir. And for your listeners, thank you again. Have a wonderful evening.
3: You too now. Exonation. our guest has been Mitchell Townsend. You heard it here on the Exon. Scientific evidence that Bigfoot really does exist or hominid does exist well that's it for tonight Exon Nation I'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock as once again we cross the time space continuum to this place that I call the Exon. it truly is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard so until tomorrow night let's see at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern right here on the Starcom Radio Network and Exon Radio Show remember to always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light from everyone here to everyone out there. Good night now.